I love the Lord. I think he is amazing because everything that I had planned to say has come up in worship. Well, what that means is God has something he wants to say to you today. And the question is, are you listening? And are you ready to respond and to change your life for him? Um, So I just wanna pray for us right now. Lord, we just thank you that you speak to us. You are the creator of the world and yet you take time to speak directly to us, to tell us what you want us to know and reveal yourself to us. Lord, we just pray, will you open our eyes and our ears that we may hear you and that we may respond to you today, Lord. May we not just hear it as words, but may we act on what we hear. Please, God, thank you. Amen. All right. So God is powerful and can change your life. And I just wanted to start with a story of how he had done that for me. At the age of five, I had not managed to sleep for the whole night once. Not one single time. Chris is stressed because he's got a newborn baby and he's like, no, don't let this be the next five years of my life. You can imagine my parents were not best pleased and were absolutely exhausted. What stopped me from sleeping was fear. Almost from the point of birth, my mum would come to me in the middle of the night and my body, even as a newborn baby, would be frozen in fear, totally tense. And as I got older, I was able to tell my mum what these nightmares were, what it was that was plaguing me so much. And that meant that also it terrified me in the day because I remembered what was happening in the night and I was talking about it. For that reason, I wasn't able to talk about death at all, whether it was hell or heaven or just about dying. That was a no-go for me to the point that I have two older brothers and my parents told them they were not allowed to broach those topics in any way. One day, we were in the car to my grand's house, and it was the summer holidays, and my brothers started talking about one of these things. My mum and dad were quick to go, shh, don't. (laughs) We can't deal with this again. And I just turned around and went, that's okay, actually. At a holiday club today, we learned that Jesus died and conquered death, and I don't need to be scared anymore. And I'm not. (laughs) And in that moment, my mum and dad, amazed, prayed for me in the car that I would know Jesus in my life and that I would give my life to him. And that night I slept through the night and didn't have those nightmares. I cannot remember what those nightmares were, even though I do remember things from when I was five. But my mum remembers it all and has never told me because she didn't want that content in my life again. That's the power of Jesus. (laughs) He wants you to have a life without fear. And he wants you to accept him as your Lord and Saviour, just as I did in that time. The passage that the Lord gave me for this message today that I want to look at shows us why we should choose God, who he is and what he can do. But I also want to look at what are some of the reasons why we don't do that? What stops us and how can we overcome them to live fully for the Lord? So the passage that the Lord gave me was Psalm 34. Um, It's quite long. So at the minute we're just going to read verses 1 to 8. Oh, we do have slides. Happy days. 
So it says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. From this verse, I came up with this idea that there are two sides within life. (laughs) There's the one that this psalm talks about where you taste and see that the Lord is good. And there's one that says, no, I'm not going to do that. and I'm going to go my own way. Um, there was a slide for that, but it's fine. So the idea is this side is going your own way. And on that, on that picture, I chose it because the arrows are all pointing in different directions. Actually, I think when you're going your own way, you can't choose which way that is. And it's confusing and it's self-reliant and that's really hard. If you come on this side, you can taste and see that the Lord is good and you can have him in your life and he will direct you and he will make your path straight. I just wanted to start with thinking about what actually is tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. It's a bit bizarre of a concept. (laughs) Um, But that experience I had when I was five let me see that the Lord was good. And it was an experience for me. And so it was as though I had tasted him. I had seen what he could really do. And the Lord is good. And that's what we call the word gospel. And the word gospel means the good news, which is why I have entitled this the good news. Tasting and seeing that the Lord is good is hearing and understanding the gospel, this good news, and letting it change your life forever. Just as my story shows, God removed my fears, which was in this psalm, that God will remove all of your fears. We believe that God does that. We, we believe as Christians that God created the world. And that at that point, he created humans and there was not this barrier between us. We were with God, we were all together. But the first humans that he created went against what God told them to do. They did the one thing he said that they couldn't. And that meant sin entered the world. And that's when this barrier was created that created those two opposites of tasting and seeing that the Lord is good and following him or going your own way. But that was not the end, praise the Lord. Because God loved us that he sent his son Jesus into the world in human flesh. He came as a baby, but he was glorious and powerful. (laughs) He was not weak. And he changed the world through his teaching and the miracles that he did. And no one could believe what they saw. Yet the world rejected him again. And they killed him on a cross. The ultimate rejection. But actually, that's exactly what was meant to happen. 
That was God's plan, that Jesus would die so that he could take the punishment of our sins, that we could be forgiven. And as we've spoken about so much today, that we would be set free. Because the death on the cross was not the end. Three days later, Jesus rose again. And he conquered death and he conquered sin and he brought us life and freedom just as we've been singing about. And that is why choosing the side of tasting and seeing that the Lord is good is choosing the side of life. Like Mary said, staying on this side is keeping that foot in the grave and it's letting your life go to death. Jesus is the only one who has ever managed to overcome death. It's the only certainty in life. Yet Jesus blew it out of the water. So we need to hear that and act on it. Whether it be for the first time, if you're not a Christian today, and that speaks to you and you want to follow him, or whether it be the 100th time you have heard that, that you feel you could say it in your sleep, We need to keep tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. We need to keep accepting and believing the gospel and accepting Jesus. Uh, We need to do it again and again. Now, as I was thinking about that, it made me think about chocolate because food is just what I love. (laughs) So some of you might have had a chocolate on your seat today. Did anyone find a chocolate on their seat today? Yeah? Good, good. Did anyone eat that chocolate on their seat today? Good. Right, if you haven't eaten it, you can eat it now, right? Did anyone that has eaten it or is eating it right now, was it good? It tastes good. Right. That was quite simple. (laughs) You had the chocolate, you tasted it, you thought it was good. You saw it and you thought it was good and you just received it. That's what we can do with Jesus. We just need to receive him. And we get to taste and see that he is good. And we get to enjoy that. But there's some people in this room that didn't have a chocolate and I'm sorry. (laughs) But the idea is that actually our gut instinct when we taste something that's good can be we want to keep it all to ourselves. (laughs) Because we want all of that chocolate. But actually everyone around us wants chocolate too. (laughs) And is upset when they don't have it. And we've got to share it. I don't know about you, but when you taste something good, I taste it again. I go buy more of that thing. But also, I would recommend it to someone. So today, if you had a chocolate, that was my favourite chocolates, Box of Heroes. Um, And they're my favourites. And so because they're my favourites, whenever I'm in a conversation with people, I tell them, Heroes are my favourite. They're the best ones. And if people are going to buy chocolate, I say, go buy some Heroes, they're great. If I can do that with chocolates, wow, should I be doing that with the Lord? That gives me eternal life. And if we taste and see that the Lord is good, we need to taste Him again, (laughs) just like we would anything else that we taste and see is good in the world. Uh, But we also must share it. (laughs) There is no one excluded from the life that the Lord gives. And that is why we need to be like David when he wrote this psalm, when he said, Jesus, was, Jesus had not even come into the world yet, but David knew who God was and he praised him. 
He said, I will extol the Lord. And that means lifting the Lord high and praising him. And we must also do that at all times, remembering what we have tasted, remembering we have seen the Lord and he is good. David also knew that sins could be forgiven. (laughs) As he said, that our faces may never be covered in shame. And that is what can come for you if you accept that Jesus' blood paid the price for you and that you may never feel shame again because Jesus has taken that for you. Doesn't that sound amazing? I think so. So if it's so amazing and so brilliant, what are some things that can stop us from accepting that? from living in the fullness of that, from going back and seeing it again. I want us to have a little look at that. I thought of four things. There's many more, but these are what God highlighted to me for today. These chains that we talked about in the words, the things that keep us in the grave. Um, But as there's more, I just think it would be great if we take a moment as we talked about in worship for the Lord to reveal to us what holds us back. It may not be things that we've said. Great. So these are, the ideas of these is it might be something you, that's stopping you from taking that first step to accepting the Lord and becoming a Christian. Or it might be something that's stopping you from living the full life that the Lord has for you and really living in his freedom and getting that foot out of the grave. So the first thing I thought of is fear. <laughs> the thing that the Psalm told us he could relieve us of that I had the relief of when I was five can actually be the thing that can stop us from letting God relieve us of those fears. There's, there's many things that we can fear, um, but something the Lord told me to highlight now was the idea that, but what if he doesn't do it? What if I ask for that and I don't taste it or see it or I don't experience anything? Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. The Lord promises that he will give it, that he will provide and that he will respond to what you ask him or what you say to him. So do not let a fear of it might not happen stop you from getting it. Because the word says that God is faithful to his promises and that he will always keep them. So if his promise is that he will give you it, he will. It might not look quite like you think it will, but actually more often than not, that means it's God. (laughs) Because he is better than what we think and he is better than what we know. And so we just need to pray that he will reveal when it is him and that he will let us experience him. I think another part of this fear is the reason why we think we might not get it, and that's that we feel we don't deserve it. (laughs) The point is that that is the point. (laughs) We don't. We absolutely do not deserve it, and that is why it's called grace. It is the Lord letting us see that he is good by giving us the opposite of what we deserve. 
because he took what we deserved so that we don't have to. 2 Corinthians 5.14 says that Christ died for all. There is nothing exclusive about the word all. It is utterly inclusive. And the gospel is for everyone. Like John and Edith just told us that Alpha can be for everyone because the gospel is for everyone. There is no one that this can't apply to. There is no one that God can't save. So don't exclude yourself from this incredible gift when the sovereign Lord who is in control of everything and who created the world doesn't exclude you as long as you accept him. So please, today, do not let yourself not take the step over to the side where you can taste and see that the Lord is good just because you think that you can't have it. Because you can. And the Lord wants to show you that. I chose this psalm because David is known as having a deep relationship with God. And I want you to see today that God wants you to see that he is good because he is relational and he is personal. Grace was one of the biggest things for me in terms of my Christian life. It was one of the hardest things to get my head around. I had made lots of stupid decisions and had decided that this side was good. And then when I realised I needed to be on the other side, I could not understand how I was meant to forgive myself for what I had done when I had turned my back on the Lord. And if I couldn't forgive myself, I really did not understand why the God who created everything would forgive me. And it was while I was struggling with this and grappling with it that God revealed something to me. See, I was introducing myself to someone that I did not know. I said, yes, hello, my name's Karis. No, it's not spelled C-A-R-Y-S. It's spelled K-A-R-I-S, bane of my life. And I said what I had said a thousand times. Yeah, well, actually, my mum felt that the Lord told her to call me Grace, but she didn't like that name. So she called me the Greek version of Karis that means Grace instead, because she decided that would do. Like I said, I'd said that a million times and I'd never really thought anything of it. But in that moment, it struck me. The Lord knows me so well that before I was even born, he knew this was going to be my struggle with following him, that I couldn't understand grace. And so he told my mum that she needed to make it my name so that it was literally my identity that he had grace for me. And I'd spent a couple of decades overlooking that and not thinking anything of it. And then in a moment, God switched a light on and I saw, oh wow, my identity is this grace of the Lord. And I was able to accept it. And my prayer for you all this morning is that if you're struggling with grace, that the Lord will give you a moment of clarity like I had and will help you see it's your identity. It's who you are. He's forgiven you. You just need to accept him and let him do that. Uh, A second barrier I thought of that links with fear was the idea of cost. (laughs) Walking with God, you might be thinking to yourself, 
Seems like it would be costly to me, Karis. Seems like I might have to do a lot for that. Yeah, it's got a cost. Not going to lie to you about that. Jesus didn't die for our sins so that we could keep living in sin. That is not his plan for us. He died so that we could be free from sin. So let's be free from sin. He died so we could turn away from a new life and be transformed and be in step with him. And this is what we call repentance, which is part of giving your life to God. It is stepping away from the things of old, from your old habits, from your old life. And it's taking a step over here to say, I'm going to live a new life. I'm going to live in a new way. But because God is so personal, it is not a list of rules to follow. It is not a law to struggle with. It is a decision to make in relationship with Jesus. We know that it's costly because in Luke 9, 23, when Jesus is calling disciples to follow him after they've really understood that he is the Messiah, he says to them, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. This is what we need to do. But then in Romans 2, 15, it's talking about when non-Jews had come to accept Jesus and were starting to become Christians. And it says, they had the law written on their hearts. So their daily actions just meant that they followed Jesus. It's not something we need to have studied. It's not something we need to follow and beat ourselves up for not following these laws. It's something that comes naturally if we really accept Jesus and we really let him change us and do what he wants to do in us. It's relational. It's a reaction because of his love for us and because we love him back. It means we want to do things that please him. And it means we don't want to do things that hurt him. Just as an earthly child would react to their earthly parents in obeying them, let us do that for our heavenly Father who gives us all things. And if we manage to pay this cost, which is very small compared to what Jesus did for us in dying, we get to have life over here that is eternal life, that is better than anything else that we can have. I think that's a cost worth paying. So don't let that prevent you from taking that step of faith. In line with this is number three, which is the idea of distraction. The cost can be giving up things that we like and that distracts us. There's things that we want and we want them now. And there's things that look good that we think will bring us happiness. But there's also distractions of bad things that might have happened in our life, of pains that have maybe come, that we're maybe angry at God for, or we think, how can God be real if this is what I went through in life? What I wanna say today is that the Lord is actually the answer to that. He is a healer 
He wants to remove your pain. And he, he wants to restore these things. And also, if it's good things that distract you, he wants to give you better things. And he wants to give you better things than the pain that you have known. Later on in the psalm we read 34, in verse 10 it says, those who seek the Lord will lack no good thing. The Lord wants to give you everything. And I mean everything because he created everything. And what you might think you're giving up that's keeping you over here, he wants to give you something a hundred times better. Or what has been painful that you can't overcome that's keeping you over here. He wants to restore and he wants to heal by giving you every good thing he can give you. Don't stay here where earthly pleasures will come and go and where you'll find fleeting happiness. Take the step and come over here for the joy that will last through all things, through all circumstances and for eternal life that will go far beyond anything that this world can give you because this world is gonna go one day and Jesus is coming back and you wanna be with him. You don't wanna be with the world. Last barrier that can come with that is skepticism. The questions of is God really real? Was that something he did or is that just a coincidence that that's happened? <laughs> I don't actually think anything I can say can stop you from being a skeptic. <laughs> I think you need the Lord to do that. And I think he really wants to. The answer to this, I believe, is the word of God um, that I would really want to encourage you to explore. When I was five, and those nightmares went, I knew that it was God, one, because it was when I had met God, which I hadn't done before. But two, because as we just read in this psalm, and as it says in so many other parts of the word, God removes fears. And that's what he can do. And what happened to me, my experience in which I saw that the Lord was good, was evidenced by the word of the Lord. It was what he had said he was going to do, which helped me know that it was true. Also in the word, it's split into two parts. One is the Old Testament and one is the New Testament. And the Old Testament says lots of things about Jesus coming, about what Jesus will do, about who he will be. And the New Testament shows Jesus doing all of those things. That everything that everyone has said about him before happened. And I don't think that's coincidence because we call these things prophecies, sort of a prediction of what's to come. And I read an article while I was preparing this sermon that a mathematician had worked out for one person to even fulfill eight prophecies the probability of that happening would be one in 10 to the power of 17. So that is really unlikely, verging on impossible. And that article then went on to describe 55 prophecies that Jesus had fulfilled. 
because the Old Testament talks about him coming as a baby. It talks about him doing miracles. It shows you nothing in the life of Jesus was a coincidence. It was a plan that God had been developing over the whole span of the world. Well, not even developing. He had it before he created the world. He just was putting it into motion over thousands of years. We want to give you a space where you can ask these questions and where you can decide for yourself whether God is real and whether you're able to overcome your scepticism. And it requires you to take a step. It requires you to maybe take the step to come on our Alpha course where you can ask your questions. We have Bibles we would love to give you so you can read the word of God for yourself and work out what you think it is saying. Please take that step to come over onto the side where it serves you the Lord is good. These barriers could also be called chains, as Matthew talked about in his world. Chains that hold us back from either deciding to accept the Lord as our saviour for the first time or from experiencing the freedom of the Lord fully and giving our lives completely to him. They can look big and scary. And they can look like they can't be overcome. Actually, it's going to take me a lot of effort to try and put that down. That was hard work, eh? Uh, Not with Jesus. Actually, for Jesus, he could blow that down with his breath. He wouldn't need to lift a finger and it is done. That is the strength of the Lord and you do not need to overcome these barriers alone. Jesus is asking you to let him do it for you by just asking him into your life. I plead with you, please stop wrestling. Stop trying to work out, am I going this way, am I going that? Take that step. Let Jesus knock that barrier down, rip those chains off and come into tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. The fullness of God and living for him. We need his strength. He doesn't want us to do it alone. He gives us that strength. We're about to sing a song, as we've sung many today, that talks about Jesus breaking every chain. And as that word said, the Lord wants to break chains for you today. He wants to take them off your feet. For some of you, he started doing it. For some of you, this is now the moment, as Matthew said. I want you to respond to God and let him take these chains from you. And I just want to say some things about how I think you might want to respond today. But actually, the Holy Spirit knows more than me. (laughs) So let him guide you. But if your chain is that you are full of fear, then pray for faith. And share that with someone. Share your fears that they might be able to encourage you or that they might be able to pray with you that God can give you faith because the Bible says that he will. I have a faith to take that first step into him or to stop fear from overcoming you and sharing him. If you're someone that finds distractions too tempting or the cost too great to believe in Jesus or to follow him completely, then ask the Lord to help you focus on him. 
to let you see that He is good and that the gifts He gives you are better than those of the world and they are worth your time and energy more than anything else you might see. And even if you don't know the Lord today, you can pray to Him. It's just words, it's just a conversation. Like I said, it's a personal relationship. So ask Him to speak to you. Because the Lord wants to give you these things. It's His promise. Or if it's that you're struggling to believe because you are sceptical, then like I've said, come on our Alpha course or come and speak to us this morning. Take a Bible from us and let Jesus show you that He is real. He is here and you don't need to have your doubts. You can throw them away.